From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the big event. We're paying tribute to Oracle Arena today, home of the Golden State Warriors, for one more home game. I'm recording this intro the morning after a devastating and gutty Game 5 road win. I watched it on the video screens at Oracle with 12,000 other fans, even as the Warriors played 2,600 miles away. The regionally correct thing to do in picking theme music would be to choose an East Bay classic. Too Short, Tony, 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 maybe surprise everyone and choose Confunction out of Vallejo. But I'm going off the board, way off the board, and picking the little-known David Lee Roth, not quite classic, just like Paradise off the Skyscraper album. David Lee Roth was my first concert at Oracle Arena, and I believe my first solo BART ride. After spending most of my teen years at the Cow Palace, Oracle Arena in 1987 looked positively space-aged, and much of the experience is the same today. I love the way everyone gets bottlenecked on the BART pedestrian walkway on the way out of the concert, and it's a great Oakland bonding experience. I love the timeless design of the arena. John King, my colleague, wrote about that recently with those distinct diagonal braces that you could see from the freeway. And I love how the arena, even though it's being eclipsed by the Chase Center in San Francisco, still doesn't feel dated. With the Warriors leaving Oracle, I invited two of my favorite longtime Bay Area residents, sports columnist Ann Killian and Metro editor Damian Bolwa, to come to the Big Event podcast studio and pay tribute. In the words of David Lee Roth, this may or may not have been written about Oracle Arena. Some folks say, easy come is easy go, but one night ain't enough for me. Hang on tight and don't let go. This must be just like living in paradise, Oracle Arena, and I don't want to go home. We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Welcome to the big event. Welcome back, Ann Killian. Yeah, I feel like I was just here. You were. We were talking about the Avit brothers. Yep. I'm converted, Ann. Yay! I have my concert tickets. There you go. Um, I played the music. I, my kids go, is that banjo, that old guy banjo music? <laughs> so they can't live at my house anymore. <laughs> Welcome, Demian Bulwa. Thanks for having me. Is I'm this, very honored. Is this your first time on, it is. on the big it event? It is indeed. Yeah. Have you been down to the archive here? I have, but many years ago. It's, it's a little it's beautiful. little grittier than the usual arch- <laughs> uh, the usual podcasting studios here. <laughs> um, speaking of gritty, we're gonna that was a bad segue. We're gonna talk about Oracle Arena. Um, I'm here to pay tribute. You don't have to, but um, I kind of grew up on the place. I love the place. And I was hoping we could just share a few Oracle memories. We're Bay Area people. Uh, I'm going to have a few facts, but we're not going to be like really heavy on facts. This is going to be heavy on like on, on our memories. And um, I wanted to start with you, Anne. Uh, you wrote a column about this, your first Oracle memory. Um, and I thought we could just start there. First Oracle memories. And if you can tell that story again, I know you've sure. written about it, but... Yeah, so um, I don't know that I'd ever been in the building before, um, but I was probably, I was in, um, 
elementary school, grade school, and so it was my friend Gail Abloh's either um, eighth or ninth birthday party. And, you know, usually uh, back then um, we would go see, you know, a Disney movie like a Kurt Russell computer wore tennis shoes kind of thing or yeah. um, or go ice skating at Ray Dean's ice rink in Corte Madera or something like that. But her dad uh, was a season ticket holder for the Golden State Warriors and took Gail and about five of her little friends, all girls, to the basketball game. And it was so fantastic. And it was just like the coolest, um, most interesting thing I'd ever done at a birthday party. And I, I just, I fell in love with it. I got hooked on it. I was like, I remember the big giant asphalt parking lot and going to this big building and seeing, you know, this team that, um, you know, was, I don't know, I guess they were good then. I, I did, it didn't really matter, you know, the outcome of the game. Um, but it was always uh, something that um, stuck with me as, as my first time at Oracle. And so then all these years later, when I start going to the games for work, I, I still kind of have that little little memory buried um, in my head. And it, and it was funny because I, I went to graduate school. I went to journalism school at Columbia. And back then, um, it was so long ago that we actually all got mailed a Facebook, which was a book of faces of everyone in our <laughs> class. And um, the very first face in my Facebook was Gail Abloh, um, my little friend who had moved away to the East Coast. She'd moved away to Massachusetts after, sometime after that birthday party. And the first day of school, of graduate school, I went up to her and I was like, Gail, I went to your, your um, birthday party and we went to see the Warriors. And she was like, oh my God, I remember that. And so then coming out of graduate school, I decided I wanted to be a sports reporter and Gail laughed that her father always took credit <laughs> for my career, which may completely be true. Do you remember, did it seem kind of futuristic back then? Because it's been around, you know, most of our lives, but, but at that point, did you walk in there and feel like, I mean, part of it was just something you hadn't seen before? Yeah, and it seemed very um, uh, shiny and and clean and kind of, um, it was sunny, you know, maybe it was because it was foggy over in Mill Valley, I don't know, but it seemed, it seemed, um, yeah, new. And I had been to the Cow Palace. Yeah, uh, I've forgotten for what, maybe a, uh, the ho- the rodeo or something. But I had been to the Cow Palace, so I knew the even at a young age, I knew that there was a big difference between the Cow Palace, old icky Cow Palace, and shiny new Oracle. Yeah, yeah. Well, Damien, uh, nineteen ninety nine, we met. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm glad to have you down here because I can finally tell the story that uh, one of the first, not one of the first, but one of our early sports discussions was you came up and were like, this guy, LeBron James, he's going to be great. He's going to be off the charts. I don't know if we bet anything, but I was like, I think he's a little overhyped. Like, I don't think he's going to be an all-star the first year. And you had we had some bet like whether he'd score twenty points a game in his first two seasons or be an all star the first year. Yeah, and you I might was, still owe me a beer. I, I probably still do, but um, y- you've been here. We we met in ninety nine, so you were here sometime before that. Um, I'm having to think that you probably crossed paths with Oracle Arena in the nineties at some point or earlier. Yeah, I have some funny memories. I was kind of thinking back. I mean, I don't know if, if, if you know this about me, but um, when I was growing up, my dad was a rock medicine uh, volunteer, uh, Bill Graham. Really? So I spent my childhood going to, to concerts um, all over the place and dead shows. And, 
And so I think there, um, there were a couple uh, growing up. That's a whole other big event. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't that. I wasn't honestly that interested in the music, but we used to just go backstage in these in these in these places and go over to the press box and explain what rock medicine is. Taking for, care of ODs, I yeah. believe. Yeah, right? so I, that's what I, <laughs> I was gonna say. I, I remember, yeah, talking people down from uh, from bad trips and. Um, yeah, I remember this one time. We, my brother and I, my brother's three years older, but I was young. I mean, I was probably like um, 10 years old. And I remember my dad saying, you need to put in an hour of work during the concert. And someone trying to hand me a giant stack of vomit bins to wow. go wash them out. And I think I took them and, and rounded a corner and dropped them and, <laughs> and just sprinted away. Some so life lessons here at a young age. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I also have you know I have a very embarrassing memory from Oracle where I had, I did an internship for the Oakland Tribune um, right after college, a sports internship, and I was sent to cover um, is it SaberCats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Jose SaberCats. Yeah. yeah, hockey. No, no, arena football. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's the uh, there was a there was an arena there was a uh, like a roller hockey team of some sort. Oh. What is it? Uh, Rollerblade hockey. Yeah, something it sounds one right. of our many yeah. weird teams that have come and gone. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I can't even remember. But the tri- Tribune sent me to cover a game, and they didn't care at all about it. And but they just figured give this young intern the experience. But I was like so overly ambitious. They said just give us one paragraph at the end uh-huh. of the game, like the score. And the game got over, and I went and did all the interviews with the players, and I turned in like a you know a thousand word <laughs> piece. And the editor said, "Oh, thanks. This is wonderful." And I opened up the paper the next day. It was one sentence with the score. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you do that to interns now, I'm sure, every day. <laughs> Try not to. I don't have a good memory. I'm sorry. I can't beat rock medicine and uh, and uh, your friend's birthday party. I I was trying to figure out when my first time there was. I thought it might be a concert, uh, Pink Floyd or David Lee Roth on the Eat em and Smile tour. But um, <laughs> I went back. It was a friend of mine took me to a Warriors game. And I do remember this. It was 84 and Charles Barkley was a rookie, and that was like a big deal. He was on the Sixers with Moses and, and Julius mm. Irving, and the Warriors are there too, but that was how it was. It was like, the Warriors are here too. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're going to watch Moses Malone and Julius Irving. And, and I remember uh, uh, my friend's brother told me, you're going to go to the game, you know, your first time at a game. Like, he thought it was a big deal that I was going to go see the Warriors, even though they weren't that popular then. And he said, Purvis Short, look for the rainbow jumper. And sure enough, Purvis Short took like, 33 shots that night and we had a kind of a low level seat along the backboard so I had a really good view of the shooting I just remember his shots and he shot one three-pointer I went back and looked (laughs) but his shots were arcing like I you know you thought they were going to hit the scoreboard I mean it was just you know it was such a high high arcing Purvis short rainbow jumper shot and that's kind of my entry into when I started really paying attention to the Warriors like that was the first player and then I remember I went to the game and I think people were wearing hard hats for Larry Smith or if they weren't Larry Smith the big rebounding power forward was a thing and I kind of picked up on him and I started watching the games and stuff but I remember the same thing and I remember it being space age because I had been to um, Cow Palace a few times I'd been to the Circle Star Theater which right. was like this rotating had you ever been there Damien? Oh, that was the greatest yeah it was, a, it was a rotating a rotating disc that they performed on and then everybody sat around them 
But in the later years, like 80s and 90s, the disc wasn't really well oiled and everything. So it kind of sounded like Bart when you went through the um, Transbay tube, you know, that high pitch, (laughs) you know, (laughs) while while little Richard's performing or Fishbone or whatever. So I wanted to ask you, because um, in those early games, did the the place have any other reputation it has now for being this really tough pace for the opposing team? You know, it always was. I mean, I I just talked to Rick Barry about this a couple of weeks ago um, and he was talking about, you know, in his day, it, the fans were really, really loud and really knowledgeable. Um, and I and it was interesting because then so fast forward past the birthday party into um, and past the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind and Fire and all the concerts that I went to in that building, which was really my main activity there was going to a lot of a lot of concerts. Um, but then when I was a young adult, I started to go back I went back to a couple basketball games as um really as a Lakers fan because I went to school at UCLA and I became a Showtime fan and so I went to uh some Warriors Lakers game and I was kind of blown away having not really paid that much attention to the Warriors I'd been living in Southern California and um but the fans were just crazed and they were just on the Lakers and just really, I mean, it was kind of an intimidating environment for, you know, in my mind, one team was really great and the other team was just like kind of an afterthought, but the afterthoughts fans were amazing. And then, you know, a few years later I get into this business and I realize that that's the reputation of the building. So the reputation of the building was born, you know, 25 years before we believe when like kind of the world started to notice. I mean, they were always thought of as a very savvy, loud, stoned crowd because the dope ramp was a real thing where, Uh you know, the ramp behind where you, everyone went out to smoke pot, which now (laughs) all of California is a dope ramp. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I, I actually looked at a little bit of the history and, um, Looking back, it, it was like almost like an afterthought. Um, they were going to build the Coliseum for the Raiders. And uh, 1963 is when our first story shows up that they're going to vote on whether they're going to fund the Coliseum for the Raiders, hoping that a baseball team will come in. And then, oh, we're going to build this 10,000-seat arena, too, and we don't know who's going to be there. And I, I can't even imagine that now. It's a $25 million project for both, which is ridiculous. And... <laughs> I just can't imagine anybody building an arena. Just, hey, let's build an arena. We don't know who's going to play there, you know. So they built it in less than three years from, hey, we, we're thinking of building this arena to completion, and there are people at, at the arena. Less than three years. Um, can you guess who the very first professional sports team was at the Oracle Arena? The Do you know it in? Yeah. The California Seals, which Oakland stole from the Cow Palace in San Francisco. They were the San Francisco Seals, but the NHL said, well, let them be an NHL team if you move into this fancy new arena. So the owners bailed on San Francisco. Uh, First events at Oracle Arena, I looked it up, two California Seals games versus the Goals. Uh, We won in overtime the very first event. (laughs) We we, we, we won. Yay! Go California Seals! I I have my California Seals tattoo, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Six to five win, big comeback win. Then the um, roller derby was the next three nights. It was the Bay Bombers, uh, which also they probably stole from the Cow Palace because that was a big Cow Palace thing. And then very first concert at Oracle Arena in 1966, the Righteous Brothers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, good. Sorry, you're, you're a roller derby fan now, so yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm down with the roller you're kind derby. Kind of our roller derby reporter. I have I have <laughs> written quite writer. a few roller derby <laughs> stories. Um, I have. I've probably have written more than anyone at the Chronicle since the '60s. Um, anyway, though, I I thought it was kind of this cool history that this thing was an afterthought and then they built it and it was beautiful i mean it had um, we have these photos and one of them ran with your story where they built the kind of exoskeleton first and you could see through it from the nimitz freeway and um and then it ended up finishing it up and it ended up it won awards the Coliseum, too, they won awards like real architects gave the Coliseum and the arena. Hey, don't forget that the Oakland Coliseum used to be a really great place to see a baseball game. Yeah, before, It was beautiful. Before you could Mount see the Davis. Oakland Hills. It was, yeah, yeah. it was nice. Well, I, I'm going to miss Oracle. Um, i, I got to be honest, I'm not as upset as I was when they first announced it, because I think it's already changing. I mean, as we're recording this, a billionaire was thrown out of the seats for pushing Kyle Lowry. And it just reminds me that, you know, we talk about the the vibe of Oracle, but I feel like the 200 section still kind of has the vibe that I remember from five or 10 years ago, but I don't, I, I think that's kind of waning right now. And if they stayed in Oakland, it might not be the same as it was for the last five or 10 years. It's, it's been waning ever since they won a championship and it's, and it's, uh, and it's really waning in the finals, because I mean, I know people who are longtime fans, longtime season ticket holders. They sell their tickets. They watch on TV because yeah. you know what? If you can make, you know, your your uh, pay off your car in one fell swoop by selling your your two season tickets, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, I'd do it too. And there's people who are like, oh, I can't believe you'd sell your tickets to a you know an opposition fan. Like, really? Why? Whatever. Um, you know, it, the, the tickets, supposedly the tickets at baseline where the minority owner was sitting who got thrown out on after game, in, during game three, they were, the asking price was between 20000 and 92000 a piece for wow. game three. That's insane. So, yeah, yeah the vibe has push, already changed. Being yeah. able to push a Raptors player, priceless. Priceless. <laughs> Price is being banned for a year from the NBA and perhaps being forced to sell your ownership stake. Priceless. Yeah, I got the feeling just their quick reaction that maybe they didn't love this guy to begin with because there wasn't a lot of rallying behind him. <laughs> well, the players were pretty upset. I yeah, mean, once you sure. know, once LeBron weighs in, you're, you you got to take some action. <laughs> well, let's 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 share some of our 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 favorite memories from Oracle. And 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 I wanted to start with you. Um, you we talked about Avit Brothers already. We were half joking, but you have a great knowledge of music and I know that's one of the great pleasures of your life is seeing some bands including some that have come through Oracle so I'm curious about music as well as sports do you have a couple of memories that you're just gonna hold on to from Oracle Arena um yeah you know when I like I said when I was in high school I used to go to concerts there all the time and I I I have very fond memories of Earth Wind and Fire concerts they were super like you know uh, pyrotechnics and everything it was they were pretty great um Usually the these days one of the few people I'll go see in um, in a big uh, concert stadium is is Springsteen and I've seen Springsteen at Oracle probably four or five times in in the last few years so those would be some fond concert memories for me for sure yeah um, I uh, I assume that you know I'll I'll go to concerts in fact I have tickets to Dave Matthews uh, in September at Chase but. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be a little different. 
It's great you mentioned Springsteen. I 1999 on his reunion tour is one of my favorite all-time concerts. And yeah. my wife and I had just started dating mm. and I kind of knew that she had tickets to go, but she was kind of vague <laughs> about it. So I, I kind of figured out that it was probably some guy who asked her to go before we started dating and she had to honor it. I, I still haven't talked to her about this, <laughs> but um, but I knew she was there and I was there. And I just remember I was going in feeling kind of melancholy and which is, I think, a great way to, to, see, see, Springsteen. to see Springsteen. <laughs> and then it was his first tour in 11 years. And I'd really gotten into him in the 10 years before that first tour with the E Street Band. So right. so I wasn't sure if I was ever going to see the E Street Band. And then everything I had heard, they lived up to it. I had great seats. One of my favorite concert experiences and like top two or top three Oracle Arena experiences is seeing Springsteen there at one of those shows you mentioned, Dan. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Damien, you've... And the relationship worked out, of course. It did. We're still together. And uh, we don't <laughs> apparently don't communicate much because I haven't asked her about the dude she was with. But... Uh, you got one, Damien? I, I, I do. I mean, actually, I'll, I'll just mention real quick, the last few years taking my, my daughter, who's 14 now, it's been amazing. I mean, it's just like it's something that anyone can identify with, and she loves putting on her, her gear and seeing Curry. But, I, um, you know, in 2007, um, I was able to go, I, I don't know if, if, I guess people would know this, but but in in the news business, I'm, I'm in Metro, mm-hmm. and... Um, we do fan stories, and so usually when, the, when one of the teams goes to the postseason, reporters get to go to the games under the guise of doing these fan pieces. Um, yeah. But they're great assignments. Unfortunately, I've I had a few over the years, but I got um, to see that Utah series. The Warriors, who were, what, the eighth seed, right, had had uh, upset the Not, the Mavericks uh, yeah. in 07. Yeah, we believe, the, sure. Yeah, the We Believe team, one of the biggest upsets in history. So they go to the second round against the Jazz, and... Um, and they come back to to Oracle, and I remember going to the game, and I believe they fell, unfortunately, down 3-1 that game. But it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. It was pulsating. People didn't sit down the entire game, even though it was a loss. It was incredible to be there with those fans. I can think of a few games like that, and I feel really lucky that I got to see that. I haven't gone to games the last year and a half because I, I actually missed that. I went to a Sacramento game with my son, um, just because we wanted to see basketball and the Warriors are expensive. And it felt more like a Warriors game than the last Warriors game I went to. Oh, you went to Sacramento. I went. I drove up to Sacramento to see basketball. Oh, I've, I've it, thought about it. Yeah, I, I highly yeah. recommend it. We had a good time. We paid $15 for parking. Um, <laughs> and what about a sports memory? Is, is there one or two or well, a yeah. big sports memory you're going to take we away? Believe. I mean, and, yeah. and which is funny to say because I've covered, you know, I'm in year five of covering championship teams, but I would say just that um, electricity in the building during the We Believe, just the first game, I mean, deafening, deafening sound. People just off the chain. They were so excited. They had, you know, they had been waiting for so, so long. And uh, just after so many years of just utter, complete, unwatchable crap that the Warriors put out to finally get to the playoffs. Um, that was, even in comparison to what's been going on now, that was just crazy. I mean, I've never seen fans so excited. Um, now, you know, I would say in in the all these years kind of blur together, but 
them winning at home, winning the championship at home in 17. That was a good one. Um, when they played Houston in 15 and, and won to get to uh, their first NBA finals, that was a pretty surreal one too. But, you know, quite frankly, um, I have very blurry memories of uh, what I'm actually covering because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm working and I'm writing and I, I don't really take in the whole moment as, as much as I should and yeah. not the way a fan does. No, I, I, I understand that, yeah. Yeah, we uh, feel terrible for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept your sympathy cards at 901 Mission. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, uh, I know it blurs together for you, but but I think it's it's easy to forget now that the Warriors are in this late dynasty uh, period that when Curry was first um, starting to shoot from almost half court, um, I was able to go to a couple games over the years that he, you know, during those MVP seasons he had. And it was different. I mean, you know, they were already a great team, but um, no one had ever seen anything like that. And it was it was electric in a different way. It was like that was when people started showing up, you know, early to see Steph just warm up. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it was incredible. Yeah, that'll probably be an enduring memory is, is just the crowds before the games there to watch Steph dribble yeah. and shoot. And the 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 um the hallway shot will also always be something I remember about Oracle cuz I don't know what they'll do with I don't know what the setup is at Chase. I don't know if they'll have a hallway shot. And I got to say I also have very very enduring and fond memories of all those people who worked there because they the same crew has been there pretty much the entire time I've been covering sports. And so there are these really familiar faces. They also work at the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> for Raiders and, and um, A's games, and I don't know what's going to happen to them because yeah. they're a bunch of really great people, and they have been kind of the rock-solid people behind the scenes uh, in that building. Yeah, I don't know if it's just going to be like Har- Harlem Globetrotters, and I don't know what's going to go on there. They're going to have a hallway shot. It's going to be called the Pinterest Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> I, I want to give a shout out for two, like 2013, right before they got to the dynasty era. Um, I went to their last game against the Spurs in 2013, and Draymond's hurt, David Lee's hurt, Harrison Barnes gets, a, I think, a concussion during the game. But they made this last-ditch comeback. Um, it was, I believe, a game six. Almost came back. And, I mean, exciting, blood on the floor. I, I just, even though they lost, I'm thinking, I'm happy to be a Warriors fan and happy to be in the playoffs. I think it was the first playoffs in years. So my wife and I watch this game. We're happy. And then we're getting ready to go. And Steph Curry comes out with the microphone and just says, you know, really heartfelt, I want to thank you for coming. I want to thank these fans, um, and we're going to make it. We're going to get it together. It was a great speech, and it just made me feel like, you know, that was <laughs> yeah, the beginning of that, all yeah. of this. So, well, we're going to wrap it up. But I just wanted to uh, one you might want to throw back. Is there any <laughs> Oracle Arena game event something you went to that you would just chuck back if you could? Oracle Arena memory you don't want to take with you. Well. I would check back years and years and years of watching the Chris Cohan era Warriors, really bad, bad basketball. I Raymond Ritter, the excellent PR guy for the Warriors, uh, used to joke with me. I would go to the opening game and then he'd go, okay, see you at the, at the last game of the season because that was all there was to write about. Opening game, what's going to happen? The Warriors aren't very good. Closing game of the season, the Warriors weren't very good. Like there was no... 
there was no narrative. There was no story there for so many years. So um, there are several really bad basketball games that I would toss back. Um, but, you know, I think the last five years have kind of made up for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my wife will probably kill me, but we did do Disney on Ice <laughs> one time. And I did was, Disney on Ice when my kids were little. I'm not sure it was so much the uh, the show, which was probably fine. I don't I don't really remember, but it was confronting the like seventy five dollar Disney crown uh, at the, <laughs> the yeah. merchandise line. My my throwback is actually uh, High School Musical on Ice, which I covered. <laughs> and I will, what do you mean which you covered? Yeah. Well, see, I'll remember Oracle because there was this period for about seven or eight years where, for whatever reason. They would send me to any boy band, any teen girl band, whatever. I was like the youngest critic, but I'm still like this 38, 40, 42-year-old guy by himself with a notepad taking notes at a Hannah Montana concert. It was the creepiest thing. I finally, for Hannah Montana, best of both worlds, I actually took... one of our one of our workers here, I didn't even know that. Well, I, her daughter was dying to go, so I took the daughter, and that was great because it, it's like I had a kid there. Even though, in some ways, that was creepier. Um, but uh, High School Musical on Ice was the worst because I looked creepy. It was awful. I don't like ice shows. Um, I'm gonna throw that one back. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that's the winner, I think. Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll finish up here. Legacy of Oracle Arena. Um, do you think it's going to continue in some form? And how are people going to look back on it when they think about it? Is it going to continue? You mean at Chase or will Oracle Arena survive? Do you think our kids and are... grandkids are going to? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we live in the era of disposable buildings. They're not. It's not like they're going to think about it the way Bostonians think about. I'm thinking like Park Cow Palace. Or... You know, the Dickens Fair could be at Oracle <laughs> Arena. Well, something. I, I mean, years. I think it will always be um, remembered as the home of the Warriors, and where this team gave birth. You know, was was born out of out of the the chaos and 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 mess that was the Cohan era, and then you know that this um, loudmouth brash uh, venture capitalist came in and promised to start hanging banners and um oh another favorite memory chris cohan being booed during the all-star game <laughs> yeah. even though he brought his son out yeah. that was pretty good he had his son and mj as cover and they the fans still booed him unmercifully yeah. uh during the all-star game in whatever year that was 99 2000 yeah um light years yeah li- <laughs> but but so um you know i the fact that the this amazing team one of the great dynasties in the nba um was was born in in the egg that was oracle is is pretty cool and uh, i think it'll it'll always be remembered for that steph curry it'll you know as long steph curry is an icon who will be remembered forever and so oracle will always be a part of his story cool damien well, I, I think that yeah, the legacy will be there because of this this team, and and you know I think it they may they may find a way to keep it going in San Francisco, but but probably not. Um, um, but I just think it also has a lot to do with what what happens with the baseball stadium. I mean, that giant piece of property there. You know, what's going to happen is is Oakland going to keep losing teams, and if so, you know, or is it just going to be a shell of of what it used to be, or are they going to build something? You know, are they really going to build a neighborhood there, something vibrant? Because then that area could be, could be great. 
I think they have to. That's a lot of Bay Area real estate sitting right there. I, I think people are going to appreciate the proximity to the freeway and BART and that Coliseum Bridge, and everybody's going to suddenly have really fond memories of riding BART to games because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to be easy to get to the new place. Um, Oracle Arena, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for this. Is kind of, I should say, you guys already recorded a podcast and you've worked like. 14 of the last 13 days. Um, <laughs> so I really appreciate you both coming on and sharing a few memories. Sure. Well, thank Here's you. That was great. You're my podcast mentor. Oh, my God. Thank you, Damien. And you guys need to do a, uh, a uh, little kid with his dad, the, the OD doctor uh, podcast. That's right. That We're going to do <laughs> Rock Medicine Podcast is going to be a sequel. <laughs> Thanks a lot for coming on. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Ann Killian and Demian Bulwa. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.